Welcome, family of families. And to those of you guys watching us from afar, we want to welcome you. It's the extended family of God, right? There's people watching us from uh, several nations today. We see you. We welcome you to the, to the fellowship of the family of God, whether we are here together or uh, watching from afar. Of course, nothing, nothing replaces, no amount of devices and and digital tools replaces the fellowship of the saints, right? So I encourage you to fellowship, to get, get together with people, even if you are in a county in the state of California that you're not able to meet, or in a state that you're not able to meet, or in a country that you're not able to meet or have restrictions, uh, find fellowship. Even if it's in a smaller group, find fellowship, because the fellowship of the saints it is precious. It is it is like any other, there's no other uh, tool that can replace that. So uh, we welcome you, we see you, and we're so glad for those of us that can be together this morning. Can you smile at somebody next to you and say, it's good to see you? <laughs> I mean, mean it, say it like you mean it. <laughs> like it's really good to see you, right? It's really good to see you. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord in spite of all that is happening around us, in spite of all that we see, understand, hear, study, the things that we are confronting, the things that we are overcoming, the trials that we're dealing with. But let me tell you, in this very trying time, not only for the United States, but all over the world, this is a trying time for the world. It's a trying time that uh, many people could not have uh, predicted or prepared for, if you will. But in this very trying time we are living through right now, it is case to say, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Amen? Amen? Yes. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Sounds like some old, good old southern preaching. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. But man, it is the solution for us right now. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Jesus Christ is the rock of ages and all other ground is sinking grounds. Amen? You say amen to that? Amen. amen. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the way forward. Jesus is the only way forward. Amen? Now, if you have your Bibles, please open it to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. I want to read to you out of the King James Version today. But let me tell you, this week uh, I was talking to somebody. We're doing a lot of meetings on Zoom because of all the stuff that's going on. A lot of meetings almost every day. There's Zoom meetings for Bible study, for business, for church stuff, for, for gatherings of leadership, for family, for all kinds. There's almost, uh, on a daily basis, we're in meetings. And this week, somebody said to me, we've been meeting every week, and they said to me, listen, isn't always like Jesus, Jesus, Jesus with you? That's all you see is Jesus? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, they were complaining. They were like, I mean, everything we talk about is like always Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's right. You got that right. And they said, man, you're such a freak. And I was like, yeah, there was somebody in our church that used to have a sticker that said, Jesus freak, yeah. I was like, whoa, yeah. I, was, I like that a lot. See everything through Jesus because indeed, without Jesus, what can we do? By his own words. Without me, you can do nothing. Oh, how much revelation do we need to understand those very words of Jesus? Without me? <laughs> oh, let's pray about this. Let's get the anointing. Let's get the prophetic meaning. Let's study it. Let's read about it. Let's get a special insight from heaven about what Jesus meant when he said, Without me, you can do nothing. Oh, God help us to turn to Jesus indeed. Matthew 11.28, let us turn this morning to the words of Jesus, the very words of Jesus. Could we go wrong by looking at the words of Jesus? Is, isn't this the safest way to move forward, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith? So, during his earthly time or, or earthly ministry that Jesus was doing things that the world had never seen, in the midst 
of a very depraved society at that time. You remember the circumstances around the life of Jesus and his upbringing. A depraved society, far worse than what we have today. We have problems, but man, they had a depraved society. Jesus came and gave the people, the crowds that were listening to him, an unprecedented, original, unheard, surprising challenge. That many times we just kind of read through it and we, we say, okay, amen, I've already read that, I know that. But when you start thinking about it, meditating, dwelling on it, putting your mind on those things, on things above, and you start really dipping yourself into it, you go realize, oh my gosh, there's so much life in here. Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, I'm reading out of the King James translation. Come to me, all of you who are tired. Come to me, who? Who's coming? Who's he inviting? All. Church folk. All. Politicians. All. The disgruntled. All. All the people that once were and now all. All the ones that have more anointing. Now all. Come to me, all of you who are tired of carrying your heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. rest. Say it. Rest. I want you to say the word rest today because that's where we're going. And I want your heart to be thinking about it, your mind to be embracing the thought of rest that Jesus spoke about. So Jesus stands to the people and says, in the midst of a deprived society, come to me, all of you who are tired of carrying your heavy burdens, whatever they may be, and I will give you rest. Jesus was basically saying, Listen, don't you look for other sources to get the rest that you need for your soul. Don't you go look for help somewhere else. Don't you go somewhere else to an alternative source because without me you can't do nothing. And the other sources, they cannot help you. They cannot save you. They cannot satisfy you. They cannot take care of the longings of your soul. Jesus was saying, come to me. And here's what I have to offer you. This amazing, beautiful exchange. Oh, the most beautiful exchange. Oh, you come and I give you rest. It's so beautiful when you start thinking about it. I will satisfy you. Jesus was filled with humility and yet great power and great confidence. Humility, confidence and power all together. He says, you come and I give you the rest that you need. Jesus offered an exchange that no amount of money can buy, that no politician can offer, no amount of influential power can guarantee you rest, no education can provide the rest that you need. Jesus simply says, you come to me and I give you rest. Oh, how beautiful. Let that sink in with the circumstances we have going on right now. Come to me. And I will give you rest. We are living in a society right now, my dear friends, that is constantly offering us alternatives to God's laws. Constantly offering us other ways, other things, other distractions, alternatives to what God's laws are. But you and I know that they lead us to nowhere. They lead us to nowhere. Alternatives to God's truth will leave you high and dry without any peace. Because true peace can only come from one place. From the source of peace. The maker. The one that not only gives but is peace. Jesus Christ himself. There is not only all. He doesn't want to give you. He wants to give you himself. He is peace. Right. Hallelujah. Think about that for a second. No other source. Any other alternative, any other alternative source can only offer an attractive package, but it cannot deliver the peace that Jesus can give you, the rest that your soul longs for, that our souls long for. Think about this with me for a second. When you don't have peace, you can't rest. 
David Schmitz was speaking here a few weeks ago, and he was, spoke about rest a lot. And he said, we don't know how to rest. Our, our society, even Christian city, we don't know how to rest. We, we are so like, you know, we are so filled with so many things. We don't know how to rest. We got to learn how to rest in God. We got to learn how to rest in God. But when you are in a place of unrest, if you will, in your heart, forget what's happening around you, in your heart, if you can't rest, you don't have peace. You don't have peace, you can't rest. And when you can't rest, fear becomes the alternative leader. Think about this with me for a second. If I'm in a place where I can't rest in my soul, I have no peace, the other alternative is fear. Fear becomes the leader of your decision making. And when your decision making, your mind is dwelling on fear and being ruled by fear, one starts to make costly mistakes that leads a person to a faraway place for what God had meant for us to be at as children of God. Isn't that the truth? Fear and pride are married. Humility and confidence are married. Humility, confidence, and faith are married. Fear and pride are married. And Jesus said in all humility, listen, quit looking for other sources, other alternatives. Come to me. I will give you rest. So Jesus puts out the call with a promise attached to it. It's like an email with an attachment. Open it up and boom, you see what's in there. It's an email with an attachment for those of you that like that. Huh? It's like a cheap analogy, but I know, I know. You've got to open it in order to receive whatever message, whatever color, whatever picture, whatever content is in it. You, you get the email, you've got to open it. Jesus said, you come and I give you the rest that you need. Amen. Oh, listen, listen. The alternative is fear and pride. When we get so fearful that fear controls everything we're doing, we become so prideful, we don't want to hear open to anything or see anything. Isn't that the truth? Listen, if, if you've lost your peace for whatever reason, well, I'm not at peace right now. Okay, let's analyze that. If you've lost your peace for whatever reason, don't run, run to Jesus. Run to the call to come to Him. If you lost your peace for whatever reason, you need to take a step back and go assess what lie did you believe or did I believe? The reason of me losing my peace is because I believe a lie. Because we know who the father of lies is. We know who is the God of truth. We know that God did not give us a spirit of fear. You know, First, Second Timothy, we can read all about that. We know it, right? We know the source of things. So if we are in a place without peace, God is not in that deal. We know it by the scripture, not because we feel anything or have some great revelation, just because we know the scripture. We know factual scripture that says, listen, here's how God does, here's how the enemy does. And if we find ourselves without peace, obviously God is not the leader of that deal. And if God is not leading it, I want nothing to do with it. If God is not in it, I'm not coming. I'm only coming if the Lord is coming with me. I'm not going without the Lord. Oh, right now, my friends, there's so many things. You know, I don't even want to get into it. So many things, so many pulls, so many demands for our attention, for our emotional response, so many demands to cause us to fight each other, and so much stuff going on. If you are doing everything you need to do, that you, th that you think is the right thing to do, and there's no peace, it's not the direction of God. Does that make sense? If I'm doing everything I believe to be right, saying the things that I believe to be the right things, fighting for the things that I believe to be the right things, and I am consumed by fear, we got to assess where we are. What lie if I believed? What lie were us, what was I believing? Was I believing something incorrect or in defiance to God's word that caused me to arrive at that place? Jesus speaks directly to that. When he says, those of you that are carrying heavy burdens, here's what you got to do. You got to come to me. <laughs> you got to come to me. Oh my goodness, how prideful is that? You think you're it? Oh yeah, Jesus said, I am. I'm God. 
Oh my goodness, can you imagine the society at the time, the craziness that was going on, and a 32-year-old man stands up and says, the son of a carpenter, come to me and I'll, I'll take care of you. I'll give you the rest that you need. Everything that your soul longs for. Because without me, you can do nothing. The scriptures are crystal clear. God is not pacing heaven. You've heard me say this a thousand times. God is not pacing heaven back and forth, wondering what is he going to do after election? What is God going to do if, if this and that, and I'm not endorsing anything or anything like that. Please understand me. God is not pacing heaven, wondering what will I do in January, February, March 2021? How bad will it be? How many more bad things are coming? What is the next thing that's happening? God is not pacing heaven in fear, wondering what's coming. He's the author of life and peace. He's not the author of fear. There is no fear in him. He doesn't give what he doesn't have. His nature is against fear. His nature is a nature of peace. He has come to give us peace. Peace I give you, Jesus said. Not like the world does. Oh, the appeal and the invitation of Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty eight is as real today as it was the day Jesus made it. It is the very opposite of fear. For those of you that are in great fear, listen, come to me and I will give you the rest that you need. Not by anything you can do or by anything anyone can give you, by, by whatever I give you, the peace that I give you, what I have to give you. It has nothing to do with what you and I can do. Think about this for a second. Well, if only God could answer this prayer. If only God could move this person. If only God could get me this job. If only God could get me to qualify for this. If only God would get whatever party you believe to be the right one to win. If only God would do this for me and remove this family member. If only God would heal this and get me that and give me that. Then... <laughs> nothing you and I can do. It is absolutely nothing you and I can do or anyone else can do for you can guarantee you rest and peace. Jesus said, come to me. I will give you rest. That's the exchange that he's offering us today. Simply putting things down, relinquishing control of all things, coming to him, and the great exchange takes place. Heavy burdens for rest. I don't know who has a heavy burden here today. You may have some that you're dealing with. We'll deal with them in a second. But let me tell you this. Hold the joy set before you when you truly come to Jesus. All the joy set before you when you truly come to Jesus. There are no words to explain how this exchange happens. You have to experience it. You have to live it. We can't really tell you how to do it. You have to come to Jesus because we don't have what you need. Jesus has all that you need. We do not have to give each other what we, we, we may encourage each other. We may, we may help each other get there. But listen, all that your soul longs for is in Jesus. All the joy set before you when you truly, in your heart, come to Jesus. John 14, 27. Jesus was so specific about this. There is, I mean, a third grader can understand this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. And then he adds for those that didn't get it. He says, listen, I leave peace with you. I give you my peace. But then he goes on. I do not give it to you like the world gives or the world does. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. If you read through the scripture, you're going to read this phrase a lot. Do not be afraid. You're going to read it a lot. Do not be afraid. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't, don't give yourself to the alternatives to Jesus and worry yourself sick for what's to come. Come to Jesus and exchange your worry for the rest that comes from his hands. Peace I give you, but I do not give it to you like the world does. Oh, this verse could not be more fitting than now. It could not be more real than now. This peace that I give you, 
This peace that you're going to get from Jesus, it feels different to the world. It comes different to the world. It looks different to the world. You see, there's a place under the shadow of his wings that has nothing to do with the world. There's a river that runs and makes glad the city of God that has nothing to do with the world. There's a table set before you daily in the presence of your enemies to satisfy you that has nothing to do with the world, that has nothing to do with anything around you. There is nothing worth trading for. There is no alternative worth trading for, for coming to Jesus. Nothing. But ultimately, even now, my dear friends, those of you listening to us from afar, wherever you are, here's the deal. Ultimately, it's your choice. It's our choice to come to Jesus or to go to the alternatives. It's our choice to make. We decide what we give our hearts to. The author of this life invitation that said, Come, is as real today, is here today, as from the day he said it. Come to me, and I will give you all that you need. All that you need is found in Jesus. He offers us the same exchange, the same invitation with all simplicity today. It is not complicated. Simplicity. Come and I give you. Come and I give you. Knock and it shall be open unto you. Seek and you will find. Call and I will answer. Oh my goodness. It could not be any more simple than that. This week, I heard a child say this, and I thought I would write it down because I thought it was so cool. They were telling me a story about how their parents, when they get invitations to go like parties or weddings or things, they get this little card in the mail. You know, the card you fill in. And I said, oh yeah, the RSVP card. And he goes, yeah, 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 that one. See, my parents are terrible. They were telling me. By the way, this wasn't the Schmitz. We had the Schmitz kids last night. It wasn't your kids. So you're safe. We had the Schmitz kids last night. It wasn't them. It was during the week. So I said, yeah, the RSVP card. And I said, yeah, yeah, my parents are terrible. They never respond to the RSVP card. They wait until the last minute. And I even felt guilty for a second because I've done that with Tilly. You know, we're like, oh, do we really have to answer this? I don't know if I want to go, whatever. RSVP. And the child said this. Oh, yeah. It's like when you say if you're coming or not. And I said, yes. And in the child's pure, simple mind, the child said, that's what we do with Jesus, isn't it? And it hit me like a bullet. It hit me in my forehead. I took a step back and I wrote it down. We can't continue to RSVP Jesus saying, yes, I'll eventually come. And continue to invest ourselves into the alternatives. <laughs> You excited yet? Amen. Hallelujah. Let revival break out. We cannot continue to RSVP Jesus saying, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll come. We'll eventually come. We'll eventually turn to prayer. We'll eventually turn to you, Jesus. We'll eventually decide if we're coming to your party or not and continue to invest ourselves, invest our time, invest our money, invest our fingers into the very digital devices and books. And TVs. I hate the TV, don't you? Well, it's got an on and off button on it. Well, I hate these things on media. Well, you pay for it. Well, I hate that they say, well, turn it off. Because you're paying for it. You are subsidizing the very things that are driving you crazy. You are subsidizing the very things that turn you off. That will get you fighting with other people. Turn them off. We can't continue to RSVP Jesus saying, yes, I'll eventually come. And yet continue to invest ourselves into the alternatives. Does that make any sense? It does in a child's mind. A 10-year-old. Jesus' plea is based on his own words. Without me, there's nothing. Without me, there's nothing for you to... There's nothing to dig out there. There's no gold in that mine out there. You can go a thousand places, a thousand alternative locations. There is nothing for you to dig out there. Nothing without me. Come to me. I will give you 
rest. Notice the originality of Jesus' appeal. People had never heard that before. People had never heard that before. They had, they had known throughout the Old Testament, throughout the Torah, throughout the Levitical laws, they had known all the things, the Abrahamic covenant, they had known all that they had to do in the sacrifices and the blood and the things they needed to do and all the, the priest and then all the temple and then all the synagogue. They had learned all the different things they needed to do in order to come close. And then Jesus comes and says, come to me. Come to me directly, and I will, I will give you the rest that you need. Contrary to what many people think, it's not about joining religion, joining a church that makes a great name, not joining the best cutting-edge cool church in town that is not going to do it for you. It's not about that. It's not about you shaping up to a place where you're so good, you're so religious and so great that now God has to have, you know, you're going to get his attention for some reason because you've done, no, 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 my friends. It's for you and I to truly come as we are and be established and built upon one thing alone, the rock of ages. The rock of ages. The rock of ages. The exchange is authentic and simple. You come and God gives. You come and God gives. Hasn't this been the heart of God from the very beginning? Hasn't this been the heart of God from day one? Come and I will give you. Call and I will bless you. Enter and, and it will be open. Knock and it will be open to you. This has been the heart of God. From the beginning, God so loved the world that He gave. This has been the heart of God from day one. This is, Jesus was simply saying it again. He was saying, this is the heart of my Father. You, you turn, you come, you call on me, and I will give you the rest that you need that cannot be found anywhere else. For God so loved us that he gave. All the blessings you need, all the rest that your soul longs for, even now, my dear friends, in the midst of the chaos we're in, all that we need is waiting for us in Jesus. All that we need is waiting for us to simply come to Jesus. And it's already there to be given to you freely. Not because you did something amazing. Not because you did something above and beyond. Not because you were, you know, such a whatever in the kingdom of God. No, because Jesus decided way before you and I came that he was going to give it to you. It's, all, it's, it's on, a, on a standby basis. Just come and get it. Just come and get it. Come get all that you need. Come buy without money. Come. Come to me. For I give it to you in a way that the world cannot. The world does not. If you come, he gives. What you and I need right now, whatever it may be, and for as complex your situation may be. Right? Talking to somebody on Friday, they said, Oh, you don't understand, Ignacio. My situation is very complex. And I said, listen, it doesn't matter how complex your situation may be. Whatever you need right now, Jesus has it to give it to you. You just need to turn and come to him. You would think that given the present circumstances of our country right now, that the churches would be filled to the brim with people praying, with sackcloth and ashes, repentance, asking God for mercy for our nation, for our future, asking Jesus to save us. But no, we are screaming our opinions from the rooftops as if we could save ourselves. As if we can get to convince people to what we believe would save everything around us. Oh, God, help us. If only I can win the argument, then everything will be okay. Then, then we'll guarantee peace and rest for everybody. Oh, God help us. It is only in Jesus. It is Jesus alone that has all that your soul longs for. Psalm 62, verse 5 and 7, or 5 to 7. This is the conclusion that David came to. Now we're going back thousands of years. Psalm 62, verses 5 and 7, if you have your Bible. <laughs> David says this, For God alone, O oh my soul, wait in silence. Have you ever talked to yourself? That's what David was doing. 
talking to himself. I don't know if he was looking at the mirror when he wrote that because a lot of the Psalms were written in the cave with Abdullah. I don't know if that one was, but he must have been in a dark place. Who knows where he was? But it's like you and I talking to the mirror. For God alone, he's telling himself, Oh, my soul. <laughs> oh, you, listen up. <laughs> listen up. Wait in silence. Wait in silence. For my hope is from him. David is speaking to himself. He's speaking to God and he's speaking to others at the same time. First he says, for God alone is a statement to everybody. All my soul is talking to this one right here. Wait in silence. I'm instructing you. Cool down. Zip it. Bring down the volume. And then, for my hope comes from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. Now this is like reacting to what he said. I shall not be shaken because this is, this is where my hope comes from. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. That should be on a t-shirt right now. That should be on our Facebook murals. That, or Facebook, what do, you, what do they call them? Did I say the right word? Murals? Not murals. Uh, pages? Covers? Sorry. That should be our advertising right now. In God alone is my hope. In God alone. Whatever is taking place around me, in God alone. He alone is the rock of my salvation. My fortress. My salvation. Oh, in God rests my salvation and my glory. If you think about that for a second, let the show go on because in God alone rests my salvation and my glory. That alone should bring us to a place of peace and rest. That alone we should say, it doesn't really matter what goes on. We know the outcome of all things at the end because the scripture, we know wins. We know who's going to sit on the throne forever. We know what's coming, right? So however that place, in God alone, in God alone, rests my salvation and my glory. That alone should shut us down as in, as in wanting to argue and fight about everything. It should put us in a quiet place where David was and wait for the salvation of the Lord. If anyone thinks, let me just say this, and I, please understand me, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I do not want to endorse any person, party, ideology, or anything like that. But if anyone thinks a political party, a movement, a person, or an ideology can save you or guarantee you a perfect future with rest, you are gravely mistaken. You are gravely mistaken. If you think one can give it to you and the other one will take it away, no, my friends, God is not picking up his lunch and leaving. No, he's, the, the, the word is out. Come to me, whoever you are. How broken, how complex your situation may be. I will give you rest. That is never going to go away until the day of Jesus Christ. That is never changing until the day of Jesus Christ. Why is it then that we invest ourselves so much into those other things than we do to Jesus? Why is it? It is easy to see that the increase in religious phenomena in our society has not produced a better world. On the contrary, it's become worse in so many ways as far as religion goes. Jesus' appeal is so much more significant, so much deeper, so much more important than defending or prophesying an ideology that we think it can save us. And again, I'm not endorsing anything. Please, I know that our minds run right away. Oh, it must mean this and it must mean that. No, all I'm telling you is that Jesus said without me, anything else outside of me, it doesn't satisfy you. It doesn't hold you together. It doesn't deliver what I give you. The world doesn't have to give you. It doesn't. You can find it there. Oh, that today, that this morning, this evening, if you're watching us at night from another place, or oh, that this day you and I would truly come to Him and begin to exchange these burdens that we carry for the rest that only He can give 
and cause us to be in a place of rest. Come, which implies having to depart from where you are and to come to a new place. When Jesus picked on his disciples in the beginning, when he chose his disciples, he went around and he said, drop everything you're doing and follow me. They had to literally leave what they were doing and follow him in a whole different direction. They had to literally drop what they were thinking, what they were busy with, what they were working at, and follow him. Come, it implies having to depart from where you are. Come to a new place. A place of the all-sufficiency of Christ. A place of intimate relationship with him, where you are so guided, so focused, so empowered by his ability to deliver you, that really, whatever the alternatives do, however it shifts, it doesn't really change who God is and where you stand in God. Believe in me, Jesus said. Abide in me, Jesus said. The invitation is to just do something, not sit on a sideline. Believe in me, abide in me, and you will find all that your soul longs for. All that you need. The rest that your soul needs is found in Jesus alone. Jesus at the time made this universal appeal, but at the same time was particular to a certain category. He said, all of you, he's inviting everyone to come, but he specifically says, for those of you carrying heavy burdens. Man, can you imagine when Jesus said that, the tears in people's faces listening to him, the people that are carrying a heavy burden, whether it's rejection or, or, or financial problems or, or depression or family or whatever it is, or sickness. Can you imagine the people that listened to that for the first time they had never heard? For those of you, Jesus is saying, those of you that are carrying heavy burdens. Oh, the burdens that keep people carry of oppression. I was talking to someone last night on the phone. And I said, how do you feel? And the answer was, I feel rejected in despair and I'm, I feel revolt in my heart. And I thought, oh boy, this phone call is going to last a little longer. What's going on? And we went on to all the other things. Bitterness, hate, things people said, things people did. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you don't want to be thinking about any of that. You don't want to be giving your heart to any of that. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. People who have enslaved by addictions, there were addictions that ruined and destroyed their health and their dignity. And they dare not free themselves from those things. Because the next alternative is another alternative. And the next person is another alternative. And the next deal is another alternative. Only Jesus, only Jesus, my dear friends, only Jesus has all that we need going forward. Only Jesus. This Jesus plea that he made contains this infallible promise completely. I mean, you cannot refuse this. If you refuse this, then you're refusing your self-well-being. Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest, especially those of you carrying unbearable burdens. You and I were not made by God to be carrying burdens. We were made by God to worship Him and to give Him our burdens. We were made by God to come to Him to where Jesus said, My yoke is easy. You give it to me and then I carry it because the one I give you is light. All this exchange must happen on a daily basis for the life of the believer. This exchange must be happening right now. On a daily basis in our hearts, us as believers, in face of what we got going on. Listen, if you're leaving the house without taking care of this exchange every day, you've got to go to the exchange table every day with the Lord and, and drop all that, receive the rest from His presence, and then go face the world. Because if you don't, you'll be consumed by all of it. You'll be consumed by all of it. You've got to go to the table of the Lord and receive your exchange. The thing that Jesus paid for at the cross. If with all humility and confidence of faith, we today are willing to take this challenge, drop it all, and come to Jesus, we will certainly encounter the relief we need in every one of God's promises. That's what He promised. And He's no man that He should lie. I know many of us 
you know, as we were talking on the phone last night, so many of us have so many reasons not to trust anyone because we've been cheated. We've given our hearts and our time. In our, I mean, all of us have, right? We, we've given ourselves to a relationship, to a person. We've trusted people and they've let us down. They've let us down and now it's so hard for us to trust anything or trust anyone, even God. Even God. But you and I know that the one making this promise is faithful. You and I know that the one making this promise, the one that invites you to come to this place, is the one that gave his very life in, as in trading, as in place of yours and ours, paying for our sin. We know he's trustworthy. We know we've been disappointed by everyone around us, but the one making this eternal offer is well worthy and trustworthy of our trust, of us giving our hearts to him. You know, I, I, I invite people to church all the time. And people say, oh yeah, yeah, I like to listen to so and so. I like to listen to this one. I like to listen to that one. Every time we have church at Renewal, we're not asking you to come and listen to us. Or to come and listen to our team, as, as great as they are. Play all these great, great songs. We're asking you to come and encounter Jesus. Because outside of Jesus, my friends, what else can we give each other? Outside of Jesus, what else can we give each other? So, if you are weary and heavy burdened today, for whatever reason, the ones I talked to yesterday are consumed for what's coming, and the trouble that's coming, and the, all the problems that are coming, and all the things that are coming, and all the potential things that are going to happen. And I said, listen, <laughs> I, know, I know it doesn't feel good when you tell a person this, when you're feeling fearful, when you say what Jesus said, it, it almost irritates people. When you say, listen, Jesus said it. Who can add a day, an hour to their life by worrying about anything? But I know when we're feeling like that, it's like, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that. We fight it. We fight it with arguments and ifs and buts and this and that, right? In our humanity. Who? Who can add an hour or a day to their life? By warring. What a, what a, what a, that, that sink in where we are right now with, with, all the, with all the bombarding alternatives we're getting right now on, a, on an hourly basis. What is it? Five, our brain captures 5,000 messages on a daily basis, I think. I read that somewhere this week. From the moment you get up until you go to bed, 5,000 messages you, and your brain is just spinning. And then we go pray and spend 8.2 second minutes in the presence of God. Which uh, six of it we fell asleep and we had to wake up. And get our minds to think about what we were praying about. If you're human. Right? How many times did you go to this place of prayer and your mind started wondering. And you were like, oh I was praying about something here. If you are weary and heavy burdened today. For whatever reason, however complex your situation may be, this invitation is for you. If, if you think it's for church people or the people out there, well, Jesus was talking to those out there. Jesus was saying, all. All of you that are carrying a burden right now that is too heavy for you to carry, that you cannot carry anymore, Jesus is calling Jesus is calling. Will you come though? The table is set. When I grew up, we played in the streets. It wasn't like here. When I grew up, we went to school. And when we came back from school with our little backpack, we ran by the house, threw the backpack over the wall, and went out and played until 11 o'clock at night. Because it was so hot. And we were just having the time of our lives. And he went on and on and on until mom came from work, dad came from work, 7, 8 o'clock at night. And then they cooked something. And then by 9.30, they yelling out the window, Woo! Come home! The table is set! Your dad wants to eat! And those days, you dare not. Not show up when your dad wants to eat. Because that means punishment. There's trouble coming. If your dad wants to sit down to eat, then you're not there with your hands washed and cleaned up and ready to go. My mom would call, come on, the table is set. 
<laughs> Jesus is calling right now to the beautiful bride of Christ. Hello, those of you that love Jesus. The table is set. The watchman of the wall is calling. Come home. The table of abundance of the Lord is set. The exchange is ready for you. Your name is on the list. Come on. There is a place at the table of the Lord. Come to Jesus. Amen. You see this picture? Yeah. Of course, I see it because I got whipped a few times for not being there. So I get it. I got it when I didn't show up. I got in trouble. But the call is out for the children of God. Come. Don't come to other alternative tables or locations. Don't give yourself to all the other stuff that may, may validate the way you feel for one hour and make you feel all empowered and go, See? I told you so. And then an hour later, you're back in the same place. Cannot deliver the peace. The peace I give you, the rest I give you, the world cannot give you. It does not give it to you the same way. It cannot. However complex your situation is, come to Jesus. Maybe you have a wounded conscience for something you said, said or something you did, and your, your conscience is wounded, and you don't feel worthy. Let me tell you, there is not one, not one, not one worthy to come to the table if it's not for Jesus. You are like everybody else. There is no not one righteous injustice enough to come to the table of the Lord, to the abundance of the Lord, if it's not for Jesus and the cross, the work of the cross, the shed blood of the Lamb. There is no not one that is better than the other to come and receive from the Lord. So even if you are wounded in your conscience, don't fall for the lie of the enemy. There is a place at the table of the Lord with your name on it. The invitation stands whatever the situation may be, however the situation may develop, how bad you think it is, how bad, how far it's gone. Oh, Inacio, it's gone too far. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't because the Son of God and the power of heaven that is behind His name, it is beyond all conditions, beyond all situations, beyond all humanity, beyond all statements, beyond all fear, beyond all life and death. Even death, oh death, where is your sting? Jesus said, no, it's not too far. No, it's not too late. No, that person you're praying for, it's not too far out. No, it's not too late. <laughs> no, God is the God of life and death. Jesus is the judge of the dead and the living. <laughs> it's beyond what we can even understand within life and death. It's beyond, it's before life and death. It's during and it's after. It's beyond. This is the king that's calling us this morning. Oh, Oh, bride of Christ, come to Jesus. I'm preaching to the bride today. I would be glad for others to come. I would be glad for the lost to come. I would be glad for the prodigals to come. But right now, oh, bride of Christ, the King is calling you to a date. Come to the table. Come to the table. Do not give your heart away to alternatives, to lesser things that cannot offer you what you need. Do not offer yourself to things and alternatives that cannot guarantee you anything. Come to me and I will give you rest. Very simple message, but I tell you, this next two, three weeks, I want to stay right here in this whole thing of Jesus because people are so, oh my gosh, people are crazy, going crazy, saying crazy things. Moving, packing, leaving. People are crazy. We need to slow down, reset, turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Till and I were talking on Friday night. Love to talk to Tilly. Most amazing person ever. Best person I've ever met. You guys are all wonderful, but Tilly is just amazing. And we were talking about what's going on 
and she stopped me and she goes, look at me. <laughs> look at me. I'm like, yeah. Look at me. <laughs> yes. Yes, ma'am. She goes, Inacio, God is in our future. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Listen. Yeah, I know that. Amen. No, 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 no. God is in our future. We may not see it yet. We may not know it. We may not understand it all yet. We may be so engulfed in fear and predictions and the noise of life and everything around us that we start thinking, oh my, what, are we, what about the kids? What about this? What about, uh, until it reminded me of, of the things with our kids. Remember our kids? What were we going to do when they were two? How are we going to do this? And then, and then school came. What are we going to do? And then what are we going to do when they go to high school? What are we going to do to get into this? What are we going to do? And then came college and we thought, ah, what are we going to do? We thought we were going to die. We thought we were going to be the worst parents in the whole wide world because we could not give our children a higher education and do all these great things. And we were like, ah! we were in a place of prayer, panicking. And God was like, huh. God was like, did you, did you look at the table yet? Have I missed any meal with you? Did you ever come to me that I did not have all that you need? Man, till he told me that and he starts sinking in. Did you ever? I started hearing the voice of God as she was speaking. Did you ever come to this table? Oh, Psalm 23. The Lord prepares a table. The Lord, the Lord. What does God do for a living? He prepares tables every day. The Lord prepares a table. In the presence of your enemies, when you are wanting to run away from all that's afflicting you, God's saying, don't run. Don't go yet. There's a meal. There's a table being prepared. The Lord prepares a table. The maker of heaven and earth, the almighty God, the one who was, who is to come, is preparing a table on a daily basis. He works at the table all the day. He works at the table. All heaven is preparing a table. All angels, legions of angels, all the one with fiery eyes, the most powerful one, the one that beats death, the one, the maker, the one that opened the eyes of the blind, the one that called the dead to be living again, is preparing you a table. He's preparing you a table. And he's saying, hey, did I ever miss a meal with you? Every time you came, did you find me? Every time you came, did you miss anything? Did you walk away in want ever? Until he said that to me, I was like, Woo! I was like, <laughs> I was like, yes. Did I ever fail you? Did I ever let you be alone? Did I ever not protect you? Did I ever not feed you? Did I ever not make a way for you when there seems to be no way? Did you ever walk away without my grace ever? Did you ever come to my table? Did you ever respond? to a date with me and left empty and broken. Never. Woo! Man, that alone. That alone. Oh, <laughs> oh, now I understand what David meant. Oh, in God alone rests my salvation and my glory. Now I get it. Yes, in God alone. Hallelujah. Let me tell you this. Whatever may come, this is a trying time. I understand it. I don't want to get so like, you know, I don't even know what word to say here, but I don't want to get so spiritualized and so, so Pentecostal that I forget the facts. No, but within all reasoning, whatever is to come, my dear friends, God alone holds all that you and I need. God alone. And God is not concerned, scared, tied down, restricted by any means by any political setup, by any economy, oh, he's busy preparing tables. <laughs> Get a vision of heaven. There's this table, and it's, it's being prepared every day. Angels, what are you doing? Oh, uh, Rebecca is coming. Sally is coming. This is Sally's spot right here. Yes, Rita's spot right here. Steve over there. You know? and, and George is over here, you know. 
angels of God, heaven, have you watched the news? Sorry, we're busy working. Setting a table, a royal table, for whomsoever comes. Start thinking about that. You go home and you're like, it's okay. I know who God is. Every time I look behind me, all the way to the days of Jesus, all the way to a deprived society in the days of Jesus, he said it, come and I have all that you need. I will give you all that you need. God is in your future. God is in your future. You don't have to be tormented and fear anymore. Whatever may come or may not come, God is in our future. So for those of you carrying heavy burdens here this morning or those of you watching online, I know there's a lot of people. There's like 13, 14 countries watching right now. Wherever you are, listen. Whatever burden you're carrying, for as complex as your situation may be, for some is a pregnancy that is troubling and you don't know what's coming. For others is immigration. For others is financial. For others is family. For others is divorce. For others is, is I mean, the list just goes on, right? Whatever the situation may be. Listen to this. All chapter of Matthew 11. Read it all. If you, when you got some time later today, read all chapter 11 of Matthew. It is so powerful. The whole account of when John the Baptist comes into the picture. John was in prison. That's why everything starts with him. And, and he hears. He hears that, oh, listen, Jesus is out there. And John goes, ah. He goes, I know something about this. So John already had disciples. And he told his disciples to go because he couldn't. He was in prison. And he said, listen, go out there and ask him if he is the one or should we expect another one? <laughs> they went running to Jesus. Saying, Jesus, Jesus, listen. You know, John, back there, he's over there in prison. Yeah, yeah. What, what does he need? Seeing that you came to me. See the picture? They came. You know who came? They came to the tomb. They came. You know, the, you know the wise men, they came from the far east. Everybody comes. <laughs> they came. Jesus, now that you came, what do you need? What does John need? Well, he wants to know, are you the one? Or should we expect another? <laughs> Here's the answer of Jesus. You've got to understand this. John the Baptist, even though... He was the prophetic forerunner for Christ, which is a big deal. He was the prophetic forerunner for Christ. But even high-ranking prophetic people show us here in John the Baptist's example that even the great in faith need to come to Jesus. Need to come to Jesus. So, so Jesus says to the disciples, go back. Go back and report to John what you hear and what you see, the blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf, they hear. The dead, they are raised, or raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. So they went back. John, so what did he say? Is he the one? Did he say, yes, I'm it? Yes, I'm the one. What did he say? Come on, tell me what he said. He says, the lame walk. <laughs> the blind see. The dead are raised. Oh, it sounds like a full table for me. It sounds like a table of abundance of life, of miracles, of release, of the touch of God. That, that's what he said. And John goes, well, then he's the one then. He's the one. <laughs> he's the one. He's the one like anybody else. Which other government official then, in the days of Jesus, could have said, the lame walk, the leprosy are healed or cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news are proclaimed. Shouldn't this be our answer right now in the midst of where we are? We, the people of God, 
So what, what's happening? Is this it? Is this it? I'll close with this. Again, the very words of Jesus. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Let this be your dwelling place for this coming week. Whatever may happen around you, let this scripture, the very words of the mouth of Jesus, let this be your dwelling place for this week. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Verse 29, take my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, you know, I, I, want to, I want to do an altar call, but we can't because of the restrictions we have right now. We can't be close to people, praying over each other and all that. But here's what I want to do. I want to do an altar call that works for here and it works for home. If you're watching us from home, wherever you are. And I'm going to ask you, if you have any burdens of any kind, you're not meant to be carrying them. You're meant to be giving them to Jesus into this exchange of receiving the rest that your soul needs that your heart needs so instead of coming to the front if you would stand if you have a burden you say well, I got a burden I'm not going to tell anyone but I'm going to give it to God you stand to your feet and you deliver you give it to the Lord and you begin to trade with the Lord if that's you stand to your feet right now whatever burden you have give it to the Lord right now let's do business with God for a few minutes here come on if you're sitting at home stand to your feet wherever you are if the kids are around go to the garage or go outside or find a way to stand to your feet and say God here's my burden and begin to mention that burden before the Lord come on right now say God here's my here's my daughter here's my son God here's my problem with the finances God here's my body sickness God here's a situation of my country God here's my marriage God here's my family God hears this and whatever the circumstances are for you right now, whatever, however complex your burden may be, how heavy it may be, say, God, here it is, God. It's heavy, God. I cannot carry it anymore. And let's give it to Jesus right now. Come on. Come on. Let's do business with God right now. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hurting and broken within, overwhelmed by the weight of your sin, Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Oh, Jesus is calling. Hey. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, in accordance and responding to your very words, we come this morning. We come to you. And some, Lord, some come heavy laden, heavy burdened. Some are here, Lord. Some are watching us online in other places. God, some are heavy burdened, God. And we look to you, Lord. And we look to your promise of rest today. Lord, when we think of the things around us, when we think of the things that are coming, when we think of our country, when we think of the world, when we think of all the things around us, oh God. God, we come to you 
heavy burden. But God will respond to the call to come and exchange our burdens for the rest that comes from you. For the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. So God, I pray even now that you would cleanse our minds and set us up to receive not like the world does, but like you do. That we would receive, that this exchange would take place even now in the name of Jesus. Now, now in the name of Jesus. Now, come on, give it to the Lord now. Release it to the Lord now. Say, Jesus, I give it to you, Jesus. I give it to you. I release it to you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus, we trust the power of your name. We believe the promises that you made. We know them to be real. We know you to be a God that is not restricted by anything or anyone. Hallelujah. Oh, lift our burdens today, God. Lift our burdens today, God. Release your people to a place of freedom. Release our minds into a place of peace. Release our hearts into a place of faith and trust. Release your people, oh God. Heal us. Restore us. Restore us to the original settings of faith. Restore us to the place of trust. Restore us to the place of confidence. Heal us, oh healer. Hallelujah. Leave behind all mistakes and regrets Come today, there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes a new life was born Oh, Jesus is calling Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. down every burden in your presence, God. Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling. Oh, Jesus is calling. Oh, He'll give you rest. He will give you rest. Oh, He will give. 